Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm K.W. Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And this week we're talking about HBO's Mayor of Easttown, Bo Burnham's Netflix comedy special Inside, and the D&D solo adventure Frozen Offerings. I'm very excited to talk about all of those, but first, it's actually our birthday week. It is! <laughs> so happy Yay. birthday to us. Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is actually on the day this airs. Mm-hmm. And yours is the weekend after. Yep. So Gemini power. That's right. Are you doing anything <laughs> cool or fun? I don't know. It's it's kind of exciting that there, that's actually a possibility again. So I know. We shall see. What about you? I think some of my friends and I are going to go to a park and do a little hike and a picnic. Nice. And I'm going to see my family too. So I'm excited. Oh. It's, it's going to be chill. But... I'm really excited just to see people because I haven't seen some of these people in like over a year. So yeah, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know you have been doing some fun gaming stuff, including trying to rope me into some gaming. But you also <laughs> did a really cool solo adventure, right? Yeah, I do play as we've talked about with with a group, and I, and the past couple of weeks, I was like, maybe I should get another group together. <laughs> <laughs> And I found this solo adventure to do, and I thought it would be a good way to kind of get more familiar with the game, and I'm getting a little bit more into DMing, running the game, so I thought this would help too. And this is a free adventure. It's called Frozen Offerings. It's written by Paul Bimler. Bimler. I don't know how you say that. (laughs) And it's available for free. In the Dragon Plus magazine, which is apparently the Dungeons and Dragons magazine. I don't read it regularly. I just was searching for solo adventures. <laughs> but it's in issue 34, if you want to go out and find that. And just the little blurb is a chance meeting in Targos leads into a dangerous expedition across Icewind Dale in search of a fisher captured by the Bruca tribe and set to be sacrificed to the white dragon who has terrorized the tribe's village for years. So it's created for 7th to 10th level characters, and if you're not familiar with Dungeons & Dragons, you go from level 1 to level 20, so a mid-level character. Mm -hmm. If you want it to be a little harder, you'll go for 7th level. I went for ninth level because I was like, I don't want it to be too hard, I just want to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so in my regular gaming group i play a warforged monk and i wanted to try out a new character and do do some new things so i played a character whose name was kagrissa and she is a dragonborn paladin so i got some spells and stuff which was very cool Ooh, cool <laughs> yeah as a monk i don't really have a lot of spells so that was interesting to that was interesting to play but it was it was a little bit of a learning curve because I haven't really done spells before. Mm-hmm. One thing that I will say, I've probably talked about it before, but D&D Beyond is really good because it'll walk you through a lot of stuff and they walk you through character development. But then when you're done creating the character, you have the character sheet and it's interactive so I can mark off my spells. And if I'm confused about something, you just can click on it and it'll give you an explanation for what oh, the spell nice. does and, and stuff like that yeah cool so that's really useful 
But yeah, I I had a lot of fun with it. It's basically a choose your own adventure book. Okay. But you get to roll dice a little bit. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, when you make decisions or sometimes they're decisions and sometimes they're dice rolls. So it'll walk you through like, okay, you're going to try to jump across this chasm and you roll your athletics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And if you get higher than 15, you go to the to entry number 37. And if you roll lower, you go to entry 14 or something like that. Okay. So yeah, it, it it's very straightforward. Sometimes if you do, if you make certain choices, they'll give you a code word. And then like one time, I can't remember how I did it, but I got a horse somehow. <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I can't remember if I stole it or not. <laughs> and, and I got the code word mount. And then when a couple entries later, it said something like, if you have code word mount, you can turn to this entry and it'll get you there faster. So oh. they do try to like make your choices affect what happens later or make your fails and saves affect what happens later. Mm-hmm. But basically. You just roll into this town and you overhear this guy looking for his brother and his brother's been taken by this tribe. So you're like, hey, I will go help you. And I think there's a little bit of a choice, like you can ask him for money. At the end, I honestly got so much loot that I just like didn't even take the guy's money. (laughs) 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 But yeah, I I don't know. It's just I, I thought it was fun to do on my own. The only thing that I didn't love was, I've talked about how I loved combat before, mm-hmm. but combat with yourself and like you're playing three characters is <laughs> is a little bit boring because you know it's coming. Yeah. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, I, I had a good time with it. Every time I play, it reinforces more rules in my head. So that's always good. Mm-hmm. And I only had one combat op- opportunity, but I think there is possibility of up to three okay. in the adventure. So if you do find out that you like playing combat with yourself, that's something you can do. Cool. Yeah. Well, that sounds really fun. How long about did it take you to do the whole thing? Um, I did it over a couple nights. Mm-hmm. So probably, probably like two hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Cool. That sounds really fun. Mm-hmm. I yeah. highly recommend it. But instead of gaming, you've been watching Mm -hmm. some cool stuff. So why don't you tell us about that? I have been watching a lot of stuff. (laughs) And last night, I actually watched this thing on Netflix on a whim, because I had heard it was really, really good. It's a new comedy special, but that's kind of a misnomer. It's a a one-man film, basically, on Netflix. Okay. And it's Bo Burnham, the comedian, and it's called Inside. And he completely did the whole thing during COVID. He recorded it in a little studio at his house. And he did everything. He wrote it. He directed it. He filmed all of it. He edited all of it. There's a bunch of songs in it. He wrote and performed all the songs. And so it's not like a traditional comedy special with, you know, comedian on stage with audience because Mm -hmm. that wasn't really possible. Yeah. And the name of it is in reference not only to being, you know, quarantined and sequestered inside, 
but it goes very deep into his mental state. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's really emotional. Okay. Are you familiar with him at all? Not really. I think I've maybe seen a few clips of him, but that's it. Okay. Well, he he actually became sort of like a YouTube comedian when he was young, like really young, like in his teens and 20s. And he's only just now 30. Oh, geez. And so he's done a lot of non-traditional media already. But he did, you know, tour and do stand-up specials and things that were a lot more traditional. But then... In 2016, he and he reveals this in the special. He started to get panic attacks when he was go when he would go on stage. So he decided I'm going to take some time off and write and do other stuff and not perform live. Mm -hmm. And he he made the decision that he was ready to go back to the stage in January of 2020. Oh no! <laughs> so it was kind of strange because I actually had a similar thing where I started teaching online because I was doing a long writing project and I was so I worked from home for like a year and a half before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So then I just kept doing that and it got real old after a point. <laughs> so I think this was his version of that. But he does suffer from anxiety and depression and he sort of talks about that pretty directly in this. Okay. And a lot of the clips are strange like he'll be doing what would seem like a traditional stand-up moment but he'll perform it like lying down in a bed and with like low energy hmm. and or he'll be sitting and just staring there's a segment where he's just sitting and staring and he's just talking and everything seems normal except he's holding a knife for like no reason oh <laughs> but all the songs are very like they're very bouncy they almost seem kind of joyful but some of the lyrics are a little bit dark so he, throughout all of it, he really skewers internet culture and the mm. idea that we are, the other the other reference that the title refers to is the fact that we, as a culture, have gotten very into the internet in a way that is potentially unhealthy and we're not helping our own mental health very much. Mm -hmm. So we're going too far inside of ourselves and the internet itself has become very toxic and it's a capitalist structure that only benefits the wealthy. So a lot of the songs are kind of dismantling classism and hegemonic power structures and stuff. So okay. <laughs> and yet they're very cute. And so something a lot of people noticed that I was looking at reviews and also people talking about it on Twitter is that the first half is very similar to how the very beginning of the pandemic felt that it's like, oh, well, this is this will be okay. This will be over soon. And it's happy. And we're just using this time to be creative or doing interesting different things. Mm -hmm. And then the, there is a, there is a distinct intermission where he puts the word intermission on the screen and there's a pause. Okay. And then from that point onward, it's sort of like toward the, the midpoint and the end of the pandemic or not, we're not in the end yet, but like yeah. before things got better where it gets pretty bleak and weird and strange. So it's an hour and a half long. Okay. And I knew going in, this is not going to be a laugh riot. This is going to be difficult, but it's also very beautifully shot. I'm amazed at the lighting and the different editing techniques that he employed. And a lot of it is laugh out loud funny, but okay. this is a lot more thinky and strange. And, you know, this, this is not really, I, I don't even know what to call it. It's a performance art piece, basically. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but the music is 
fantastic and very, very catchy. There's an album version up on Spotify now, and I'm probably going to listen to some of that. Oh, cool. But I'm really impressed. So if you want something unique that (laughs) may reflect how you've felt these past months that reinforces that and maybe helps you get through it and shows you what someone did with, he did this over a period of six to nine months or so. Okay. Just by himself. And that is just, that alone is so impressive. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I recommend it. But you got to be, you got to kind of steal yourself and be ready. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I don't know if it's (laughs) it's what I want to watch right now. (laughs) Well, a lot of people are comparing it to, oh, what is her name? Sorry. Yeah. Hannah Gatsby. Hannah Gatsby. Yeah. So I think if that sort of comedy appeals to you, you might like it. Also, like if you're a fan of things like Weird Al, or any other sort of satirical music. There is so much music in this. And those moments are pretty joyful and beautiful. So it's not cool. all... I don't mean to make it sound like it's just this descent into madness and depression. It's really not. I think okay. there's a lot of hope in it. But it's very real. So, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. But well. speaking of getting too real... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we also both watched the HBO drama series Mayor of Easttown. We did, Which yeah. is... I has a lot of hope in it but it's not lighthearted. <laughs> no it's not yeah we can talk we can, we'll talk about the hope thing because there was one thing that really really disappointed me yeah but it's it's a simple premise kate winslet plays mayor who lives outside of philadelphia and has an eastern pennsylvania accent <laughs> which is so fun to hear and she's a detective, but her life is sort of a mess. A girl in her town went missing about a year ago, and she hasn't been able to solve the case. And then another girl is found dead in the first episode. So most of the storyline revolves around trying to solve that case and whether the two cases are intertwined. But her home life is a mess. She's divorced. Her husband is getting remarried. And she's just really like, uh, <laughs> uh, she's not cold, but like, she's not um, very friendly to people. <laughs> <A lot. No. laughs> so it takes her a long time over the, I think it's seven episodes long. So it sort of takes her that whole time to open up to, to certain people. Mm-hmm. And her oldest son has committed suicide and his four-year-old son lives with them. And she also lives with her daughter Siobhan who's a senior in in high school and her mom played by Jean Smart and it's everything is like really uncomfortable at first because because they're just they're all living together and they're all going through grief in different ways and just kind of angry at each other so in addition to her home life being a mess she's kind of she kind of really needs to focus on these cases so she can have a win, I think, in her life. Mm-hmm. And she gets accompanied on the case by Detective Colin Zabel, played by Evan Peters, who's a county detective. And she's very resentful of having to be partnered with somebody like from the what fancier police division <laughs> to help yeah. to help solve it. But I think they develop kind of a an interesting working relationship. Mm-hmm. And she's also got this sort of on again, off again, quasi boyfriend, Richard Ryan, played by Guy Pierce, 
um, who's a creative writing professor and an author of only one book, which was sort of depressing. It's like, okay, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes one is enough. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) He seemed very, you know, everybody's just sort of like not doing their best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I also like her ex-husband, not only is he getting remarried, but he lives in the house behind hers. So mm-hmm. like they share a backyard basically, so there's no boundaries at all. It's yeah. really Which makes um, it really good for Siobhan, who can go back and forth and yeah, for Drew, yeah. the the four year old grandson, mm-hmm. because he could see his grandpa all the time. But yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. I'm sure they did that so that the kids could have that ease of and they thought, Well, we're getting along well enough, but it's like <laughs> this is not the best idea. Mm-hmm. And he was played by uh, David Denman, who I remember as Pam's ex-fiance, Roy, on The Office. Yeah. So that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I just have to also say, Jean Smart is having a renaissance right now. She's also on Hacks, which we can talk about in a future episode. But she, as Mayor's mother, was hilarious and mm-hmm. strange. And she spent a lot of the background time <laughs> playing Fruit Ninja on an iPad. And I was like, this is too relatable. <laughs> but I think it also is indicative of like, you're there, but you're sort of checked out and you're doing this compulsive thing that seems mm-hmm. like you're addicted to it. And it was just like, ugh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's having a well-deserved renaissance i think yes yes yeah love her oh i I do think she's nice because she is one of the only bits of comic relief there are there are actually some funny moments throughout Mm -hmm. some cute heartwarming moments some funny moments and she's the source of a lot of that i should also mention mayor has a good friend named Lori ross played by julianne nicholson and i've always liked her as an actress and she was incredible so she was really really good yeah i'm glad you brought her up because i wanted to but i was going to forget (laughs) another thing is that i mean it's not i think they live in the suburbs it's not like a an insanely small town Mm -hmm. but everyone's sort of related (laughs) yeah like her cousin is the priest and that's sort that's an interesting relationship and then Lori's husband Lori's husband's cousin is the father of the girl who gets murdered in the first episode. So there's like a lot of family drama happening Mm -hmm. around around the murder. Well, and Mare's ex-husband, Frank, was the murdered girl's math teacher in high school. Mm -hmm. So even if there's not a family relationship, there's these close friend ties. And some of Mare's friends from high school were the parents of one of the murdered girls, like, frenemies. And I mean, it's just very, yeah, it is a suburb, but it's a very tight-knit suburb where there's a lot of interconnectedness, which makes it interesting to try to figure out the crime itself. Like, how did this happen? Is this random? Is it, was it purposeful? Was it an accident? You know, so yeah, there's a lot of twists and turns there. Yeah, there are, yeah. But a lot of it is about Mare's mental state, and she's mm-hmm. in therapy for some things. And as the show progresses, some some dramatic and upsetting things continue to happen to her that necessitate the need for, for further therapy. But a lot of it, too, is her, and especially her daughter, Siobhan, processing her son's death. And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of a symbolic undercurrent throughout. So, 
Yeah. Again, not a happy, not a super <laughs> happy, no. but there there are there are lighthearted moments. It does have a really pretty like the cinematography is really well done. Mm-hmm. It does look dark and dreary a lot of it and cold. I recommend watching this show at night otherwise it will just put you in a big stupor for the during the day during nice summer days i think watch this at night instead (laughs) there you go yeah i think i along with a lot of people we saw the trailer and we were kind of like okay a cool crime show like limited crime show that that sounds really good and kate winslet is obviously good in anything so we started it and it kind of hooks you really quickly and one of the things that i really enjoyed about it or I don't know if enjoy is the right word but Mare is not a fantastic character I mean she's she's not a good person all the time Uh and I think it's really important to show women like that who you know they're not the epitome of morality and they mess up really badly and they make really bad choices sometimes Uh but that's also part of her journey like you said she's stuck in grief in the beginning and she starts to go to therapy and she starts to make more meaningful relationships with the other people in her life so watching her grow as a character was really cool and really intriguing for me mm-hmm. so i i found a lot of hope in that and the first episode it ends and you're like wow she's really messed up <laughs> <laughs> And then by the end, by the last episode, when things are mostly wrapped up, you you feel more of a sense of peace. You're like, okay, their lives aren't perfect, but like, they're going to be able to handle the, all the bad things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why, even though a lot of sad things happen and it is upsetting in, in bits, I don't think that you should be left feeling this is irreparable and and everyone's going to be worse off. I mean, some people will be worse off, but I think other people are actually healing and getting better. Mm -hmm. There was one thing that really bothered me, and I don't know if we want to talk about it because we do try to stick to the positive, and Mm -hmm. it happens in episode five, which is Mm -hmm. out of seven is very late, and Mm -hmm. they're big spoilers. So do you want to talk about it or... (laughs) let's let's discuss it obliquely so there's something there's something very shocking that happens i think we messaged each other with little like open-mouthed emojis of shock and yeah horror (laughs) yes yeah i feel like this is a really divisive episode because a lot of people i saw on twitter a lot of people were like wow that was so good and i was just angry yeah (laughs) I wasn't happy about it, no. Yeah, I didn't like the choice because I didn't think... The reason it didn't work for me was it happens toward the end of the episode and the whole episode, you see that she's making progress. Mm -hmm. Like, she's in therapy. There's, like, a whole therapy montage or something. Mm -hmm. And she's making efforts with her mom and her daughter and with her partner. And I thought, like this choice just sort of tore all that down. Mm -hmm. So that's why I felt like it was done more for shock value than anything else. Um, So that's why it upset me. But I can, I don't know. 
I was going to say I can't I can see why people liked it but no I can't. That's that's a lie. <laughs> Most people that I saw on Twitter did not like it and they were devastated. So okay. I don't know who these creeps are that you're following but they were wrong. <laughs> well not liked it but liked it in the sense that like they thought it, you know, elevated the series into more prestige, you know, like uh, like the shock yeah. value and the I don't know. I don't agree with that though. Yeah. I I can I can see I can absolutely see your shock and horror, and that is how I felt emotionally. Mm -hmm. If I try to look at it from a storytelling perspective, it was a subversion of some tropes, and it it was a motivating factor for some of her uh, determination going forward. It wasn't a great motivation, but I get yeah. why they did it. And I, yeah, I think we should just leave it there without spoil because it was it was. I don't want to spoil it. I yeah. recently watched another show that did something really similar, but it was in the first episode. And okay. that was much better because you didn't get the chance to get super invested. Mm -hmm. And this one did get you super invested. So anyway, yeah. but yeah, that was probably the, the one thing I didn't like either. I think it could have been fine without that. Yeah, I think there could have been different choices made that still had similar effects yes but weren't as devastating and i i mean there's really only like one follow-up scene mm -hmm. and that does not end satisfyingly no and i just i, I kind of felt like they left that thread hanging and I, I felt like they left a few threads hanging that i didn't care for yeah so that that w was problematic for me but overall the good stuff outweighs the bad yeah for sure and i knew i do know there were a couple issues in production mm. this was not based on any source material so the writer and director was and the showrunner was all the creator so they did also have some issues with covid they filmed the first part of the season before covid happened and then they had to shut production down for many many months Ooh, yikes. and part of me wonders if that twist was due to either some changes they had to make had to make or chose to make after maybe ruminating almost too long <laughs> so yeah. so i'm trying to be charitable because it, yeah it otherwise felt like a very seamless experience they felt like they filmed almost two seasons because it was such a gap between the halves of the season so mm -hmm. so i think they all otherwise did a good job maintaining continuity but i think that might have been a victim of pandemic production problems so that's a good point. Yeah. But overall, yeah. it's excellent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely recommended. I think that anybody who likes mysteries and human drama, um, if you like the combination thereof, if you like complicated female characters, because there's so many of them. And, and the guys in the show are great, too. But I do think this is a very female-centric show. And that is very, very refreshing. Cool. Sorry, I'm distracted because... <laughs> The guy who wrote it and directed is Craig Zobel, mm -hmm. and one of the characters is named Colin Zabel, and I don't know. I just, that feels weird to me. <laughs> that is weird. That's weird. I'm oh, not wow. sure why you do that, but anyway. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever write, have you ever written a character in one of your works that had either the same name as you or names similar to you? No, I stay away from my name. Yeah, me too. That's weird. Oh, well. <laughs> Anyway, 
Well, anyway, we do re- we do recommend this for yes. sure, and it's on regular HBO and also HBO Max. And I was fortunately when the finale, hit, I'd been watching it on HBO Max because I don't have real cable, and I was on vacation traveling when the finale was going to be on. So I got to watch it in a hotel room with real cable, which I'm very glad of because apparently this episode crashed HBO Max. <laughs> yeah, I remember for that. For a while. Yeah. yeah. So that was, I felt very fortunate. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Next week, we're bringing you another classic episode so we can have a little tiny break. So look for that in your feed. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at Carrie Gessner. And you can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And you can find us together on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. If you'd like to email us, you can do that at positivelypopculture at gmail.com. You can also find us at our website at positivelypopculture.com. Thanks for listening. Stay healthy and safe and join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. Pause Pop.